When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everybody, to the Off Speed Podcast, a rebranding of the Sports Rehab Up. Uh, my name is Grace Leader. I am your host uh, for the Off Speed Podcast. Uh, we, we are back. Um, we uh, had a few episodes uh, covering uh, right through from the beginning of the NFL playoffs through to uh, the Super Bowl. I was joined by Rob Sister in a very fun episode if you have not listened to that. Um, but we are back with a bit of a different format, a bit of a rebrand, uh, if you will. Um, rather than looking back at the week, we are going to be more so looking ahead, uh, looking around the world of sports, different uh, you know, corners of the sports world, um, things that uh, a lot of folks actually have requested online. But uh, some of the my favorite uh, segments we did um, in the uh, previous episodes of the show was when we talked to somebody uh, who sort of gave us some insight into a show, uh, sorry, um, into a sport or a story um, that, um, you know, uh, a more casual fan might not be fully aware of. Why uh, is that uh, area of sports interesting? Uh, most notably, I think, uh, you know, uh, DJ LaBelle Klein, a.k.a. Troy, came on to chat about the Olympics. Um, give us some insight into what we should be watching. Uh, Ariel uh, was very graciously came on to chat about uh, tennis. Puya came on to talk about uh, English soccer, Premier League soccer. So that is going to be the new format of the show, we will uh, dive into a sports story or an, uh, uh, you know, a specific sport and chat about uh, what is going on in that uh, world. Um, we are going to be kicking that off this week by chatting about March Madness. I am uh, very excited to chat about both the men's and women's tournaments. We have a guest for each of those segments. Uh, first up, we'll have Lindsay Darkangelo, writer for The Athletic, chat with us about what should we be watching in the women's tournament. A little bit later, we'll be joined by Zach Brooks of the Movie Ladder podcast to chat about the men's tournament. So that is the focus of uh, the episode, as you might have seen uh, in the episode title uh, before you click to play on this podcast. I'm very excited uh, for you to be joining us and to join me each week as we dive into different worlds of sport. Um, we at the end of the show, we will play a game. Typically, that game will revolve around uh, a uh, sports uh, story, uh, a new story of, of the week. Uh, this week, we, uh, you know, I'm covering the HBO show Winning Time. So I thought uh, with Zach Brooks and uh, Brendan Fitzpatrick, both of the Movie Ladder podcast uh, would come on and we would play a game about sports, movies and TV shows. So that is uh, this week's episode. Uh, we'll be back next week with a different guest. We will dive into a different uh, world of, of sport and very excited to do that. But uh, this is the new format. If you uh, have a suggestion for either a topic, a story or a guest that you think uh, you'd like to hear on the show, please hit me up on Twitter. I'm at hi from grace. My DMS are open. You can chat uh, with me. There's also the inside Schmergen brawl Facebook group, uh, uh, an offshoot of the, um, uh, Rob has a podcast Facebook group, uh, unofficial. 
um, if you have suggestions in there, uh, let me know. I, I am in there uh, as well. So uh, looking forward to uh, the two sort of interviews that we have for you today and then a fun game at the end. So uh, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I'll be joined by Lindsay Darkangelo. Welcome back. We are going to be chatting about the Women's March Madness Tournament, and I am very fortunate to be joined by a special guest uh, writes about women's basketball and the WNBA for the Athletic and just women's sports and is co-author of Hail Mary, the Rise and Fall of the National Women's Football League. I'm here with Lindsay Darkangelo. Lindsay, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited uh, to have you be joining here. I have followed you on Twitter for a long time. I, uh, you are a, a wonderful advocate for for women's sports, and I'm excited. Uh, you know, we're doing a March Madness preview. We will talk about the men's tournament in a bit, but I feel like the men's tournament gets all the attention. So we're going to kick things off with the women's tournament. Uh, that sounds like a plan to me. Yeah, it's good. Um, so I have to say, I am a I'm a pretty casual, especially when it comes to college sports. I will say I'm a, I'm a Canadian, Lindsay. So I'm a little okay. bit. Uh, we do not have much of a college uh, sports uh, culture uh, up here. So I feel like it's one of my big blind spots. But uh, March Madness every year, we get excited about March Madness. But specifically the women's tournament, um, I would love for you to tell us what we should be excited about uh, heading into this uh, this tournament this year. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's really nothing like college basketball in March. Um, when you, when you get into the tournament, getting into the tournament is just the start. And then it's, uh, you just got to win to stay in pretty much. And the, it's the, the highlight is the, the single elimination games that happen throughout the first couple of rounds of the tournament and sort of getting it down to the uh, 32 teams and then the 16 and then the eight and the final four and then the championship, of course. But, you know, every game is exciting. Um, there's so much pressure and drama and you get to know athletes that you, you wouldn't have maybe paid attention to during the, during the season because they're at a smaller school or a school that doesn't get as much attention. Right. And, um, and then to see them thrive on, on the big stage is, is just it's a wonderful feeling. And then you have underdogs who pull upsets. I mean, you really get a mix of every, of, of every, of everything when uh when you watch the ncaa tournament so well, there's so much basketball right Isn't yeah fun of like you could always, always be watching and... yeah uh i love the tournaments i think are a thing that i feel like american sports uh don't maybe have enough of uh I'm, you know i'm a soccer fan so i feel like we get tournaments the whole the whole uh the whole year round but uh american sports feels like there's really just just this and then the world cup sometimes but uh yeah, yeah. there's um, also the college atmosphere which adds mm -hmm. to it you know because College fans are just so it's passed down generation through generation. So there's right. just a generation of families and friends and alumni who just really throw their fandom towards their team and, and their, their alma mater, their school. And so it's just, it's, it's, everything's heightened. Uh, there's, it's almost more drama and more excitement than you, you have in, in the NBA playoffs or the WNBA playoffs. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head there with one, one game, right? If you're this, uh, uh, the fan of a team who, you know, is perhaps the underdog, you just need to win that one game. Uh, it's not like, uh, in, in the normal playoffs that we will watch where, you know, well, I have to win four out of seven games. You know, this is a one and done. If we just pull out that victory, we can win. So very, very exciting. Um, yeah. I guess we just start. One thing, I, there's an increase in the number of teams this year. They've matched the men's tournament. They're going up from 64 to 68. Do you see that having like a big impact on the tournament at all? I don't think it'll, it'll 
have any huge impact other than just to have, you know, an extra more opening round <laughs> of more games, you know, so teams yeah. that, that maybe wouldn't have gotten an automatic bid or wouldn't have gotten just an, an at-large bid, which means their schedule and their wins and losses was good enough that the committee decided they should go and be a part of this tournament. So there's four extra, there's those extra slots, right? Right. Um, and those teams will then, who get those four extra slots, play each other to get into the slot in the, in the, the, the 64 team bracket. Right. So, um, so yeah, it adds a little bit more, a little bit more drama, you know, just to, just an, it's kind of an added bonus. How big could we get, Lindsay? How many teams could we could we keep expanding the March Madness to? Let's I don't think it. it. I don't think it'll go <laughs> much higher, to be honest. But I mean, the opening rounds, just getting it down from um, sixty four to thirty two, the first few, the first couple of days of the opening round, it's a lot. It's a lot of basketball. A lot of basketball. It's, a lot of energy expended um how do you cover something like that uh as a writer uh how do you how do you follow yeah 32 games right how do you cover something like that well it's funny because for the athletic this year leading up to the tournament i was asked to make predictions for every round okay yes so once the brackets are finalized selection sundays next sunday uh, then I will begin working on the matchups and picking which team. At first, I was hesitant. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> people would be coming after me, you know, because of the odds of of getting it right, even if you're somebody who has paid attention and watched countless hours of basketball, you know, it's not an exact science. Um, as, unless you have like a, a number one team playing a 16 seed, you know, that's pretty much a given that the number one seed's going to win. But right. Once you get into those middle seeds, you know, it, it gets muddled. And some of these teams have never played each other coming from different conferences. So matchups. And, but uh, yeah, you just, you watch the games pretty much <laughs> leading up to the, 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 the NCAA tournament. There's conference tournaments that happen right. to decide uh, who's the winner of, or who's a champion of each conference that gets an automatic bid. Uh, so you got to pay attention to that. And then, you know, that could give you some, knowledge of some teams that maybe you don't often see throughout the regular season. And then, um, yeah, I mean, it takes, you got to watch the games. Right. That's a great, great piece of advice. You got to watch the games. (laughs) I, 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 um, I'm, I'm again, the people who are tuning in and, and are big fans of uh, college basketball and specifically the March Madison's would be so mad at me. But the one thing when I was uh, pre- prepping for these podcasts, we're going to do to cover the women's and the men's tournament. And I thought, yeah, we'll do it a couple weeks out that, you know, won't be right before the tournament starts or predictions, you know, or you know, your prediction won't be immediately outdated, you know, after the first weekend. But uh, the, the selection isn't hasn't happened yet as we're recording uh, this today. Is that selection Sunday? Um, what is sort of uh, what's the deal with selection Sunday? Why does it take uh right before the tournament actually starts to, to be able to, to map out the bracket? Well, because conference tournaments are still happening. You got to wait till and they don't finish until next weekend. They don't finish till next Sunday. So Sunday night um, is when they'll have selection, the selection show. I mean, there are people who do what's called bracketology, which is sort of project who they think is going to be in the tournament. And um, Charlie Cream of ESPN is a great follow to do that. Adam Johnson of, uh, um, NCAA.com does it as well. So you can check ahead of time and kind of see what who's trending in the right direction and who's most likely going to get in, who may be some long shots, which we call on the bubble, um, who are maybe just a step 
um, from getting into the tournament. So end of the year, you know, it really, you're still counting regular season games. You're still weighing those wins and losses and ranked opponents and strength of schedule and all that. So it really banks right up until selection yeah. Sunday. Yeah, including that Sunday. That's wild. Uh, that's too bad. I was hoping having you on the podcast, I was going to win my bracket this year because I was going to get all your predictions. <laughs> I'll wait till uh, after selection Sunday and then copy your your bracket. See, um, now, now it's going to be, I'm going to think too much when I'm filling out my bracket. Now it's like I, you know, I used to just, it's funny because I haven't paid attention to the men's game at all. Right. And um, I watch. I have watched one men's game all season, and it was Duke North Carolina on mm-hmm. Saturday because I'm a huge Duke fan. Okay. Um, and so when I'm filling out the men's bracket, I'm just going to be like, whatever. <laughs> but yeah. with the women's and ha- having, you know, I'm going to overthink it. You can't overthink it. I am a huge overthinker, so I'm I'm with you, Lindsay. This is gonna be tough. Um, let's dive into uh, some of the the stories, some of the the things that we you're sort of expecting from the tournament, and perhaps what people could be keeping an eye out uh, for. The, as as a is that there's a lot of uh, basketball. I will imagine a lot of people watching will try to catch as much as they can, and maybe we can give them, uh, based on your advice here, uh, what they might want to keep an eye out for. So, um, I mean, let's start with who are the who are the favorites to win win the tournament, win the whole thing. Well, I mean, I think South Carolina is the favorite. <clears throat> They've been the number one team all season. And uh, they were just upset by Kentucky in the SEC tournament, mm-hmm. um, which was kind of a shocker, um, especially because Kentucky wasn't well in the middle of the season. In fact, they were out of the tournament <clears throat> projections for last month. And then they just have gone on a winning win streak and um, ran through the SEC tournament and upset South Carolina. So. If you know they're the number one overall seed, they're they're the top team. Um, How much does it feel like that? That like uh, if they're sort of the favorite, they're the top seed, and yet they just had this sort of upset. I mean, they're fifteen and one. It's not like they're a bad team, yes. but they did just uh, get you know uh, considered an upset. Uh, is there such thing as like you know the momentum heading into the tournament? Is that a, that a real thing? Oh yeah, momentum's huge, and you could see that with Kentucky. You know, on the flip side of that, Kentucky has incredible momentum going into the NCAA tournament. Iowa's another. Iowa is another team. It has a lot of momentum going into the tournament. So picking up momentum at this time of year is crucial. But, you know, I think with South Carolina, it's only going to steal them more. They're, they're an exceptional team. They have length and size and talent, and they're, they have a deep bench. Uh, I, I almost think losing before you get into, into the tournament is, is a good thing um, mm. because, it, you know, it knocks you down a peg. It makes you work mm-hmm. that much harder. So um, we'll see. But they are the top overall top overall seed and then you have Stanford who's another who will be another number one Louisville who's projected to be another number one and then um, NC State so those are your four top seeds in each region Um, South Carolina uh, you're picking them as sort of uh, the favorite out of those uh, top seeds Uh, who should we be uh, paying attention to on South Carolina specifically um, as someone who uh, you know fun to watch or, or maybe multiple people are fun to watch yeah I think South Carolina and Stanford really um, are, are the two that are expected to do, you know, make it to the, either the final four or the championship game. But um, on South Carolina, Leah Boston, she is, uh, she's without a doubt the the player of the year. Although Caitlin Clark of Iowa is also having a very good season. So I'd say those player of the years between those two players, um, Leah Boston's just, She's amazing. I mean, she's a walking double-double, which means she scores double digits and grabs double-digit re- rebounds um, consistently. Has has done it in a row, I think, since, uh, I want to say, for the past 23 games. 
Um, wow. Yeah, she's got a, a, she's just got all the intangibles. She's a, a definite WNBA prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, she just, she does everything. Block, steals, defense, offense, just a really incredible all-around player. How much can a um, like a, a great performance in the March Madness tournament um, raise your stock sort of in uh, the WNBA uh, Incredibly. In prospect? Yeah. Incredibly, because you could be, like I said, at a smaller school or even a even a top school that just doesn't get a lot of attention and and, you know, just sort of be, you know, down the draft board a bit. But if you have a great tournament run and performance, your draft stock, stock is going to shoot through the roof because everyone's paying attention. This is the right. time of year where everyone's watching, including WNBA scouts. Right. Um, okay, yeah, we talked about uh, uh, South Carolina. Stanford was the other team. Who should we be paying attention to on, on Stanford? Uh, Haley Jones. Uh, she's, I think she won the MVP for the Pac-12 tournament for Stanford. They are they were the champions of the Pac-12. And um, Cameron Brink, also a great player. Um, Stanford's just, it's another it's another roster. And I think, they have the they have the length and size and bench depth to contend with South Carolina. Um, so if they end up meeting in the tournament, that that would be a great matchup to watch. But um, right. yeah, definitely Stanford's another good team. All right. Yeah, I guess the thing I was saying before we were talking about South Carolina losing, uh, it's not like you then have to like roll into the tournament and face some uh, high seed uh, team. Mm-hmm. They're still going to play the 16th seed, right? So can uh, regain some of their momentum uh, mm-hmm. as the tournament um, goes on. Um, so those are sort of, uh, we talked about the number one seeds who are the favorites uh, to win. Any other exciting teams, perhaps teams that we think, uh, you know, could, could pull some fun upsets in the tournament? Well, so there's there's Kentucky, who I think, like I right. said, has has the momentum on their side. Iowa as well. I already mentioned um, Baylor. I think is sort of flying under the radar. I think they have the potential to make the Final Four. LSU, um, Kim Mulkey, who you who was coaching at Baylor for years, left to go um, back to her hometown and take over the LSU program, and she has completely turned them around. Um, and and in one season it's incredible um she's my my pick for coach of the year in fact so lsu is another team but if we're talking like like further down like if we're talking mid-major teams which are from schools that aren't in in one of the major um in a power five conference or one of the major uh conferences um florida gulf coast university is a fun team to watch they have Mm -hmm. a player um kirsten bell who declared for the WNBA uh, draft the season. Kirsten Bell? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not Kirsten. Kirsten. Okay, okay. Yes, got it. Um, but she is so fun to watch. And uh, they just have a really high-powered offensive team. They take a lot of threes. So they're never quite out of the game. You know, they can get a lead very quickly. They can also come back from uh, being down very quickly. Um, I could see them upsetting some teams. BYU is, is a mid-major team that's ranked – 15 overall in the top 25. Um, I can see them doing pretty well. Princeton has a great defensive team. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they could do, they could do some damage. Yeah. What sort of um, sort of uh, ask a history question here, but like, uh, you know, in terms of like a real upset, what, what would, what is like the, the, the actual uh, viability of like a really low seed team? Like what, what is sort of their run? If you're ranked like pretty low in your division, what, what sort of like, the most you could expect. I don't think a 16 has ever beaten a one ever, either on the men's or women's side. I know it's happened 
on the men's side with a with a 15 and a two and a, and right. a 14 and a three. I'm not sure on the women's side. Um, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I think it's more rare because we're still seeing the parity kind of spread in the women's basketball landscape. It's more like a 12-5 um, upset, right. um, 11-6. So you're going to gamble in your pool, in your in your bracket. That's where you want to get. Don't don't gamble on the 16 beating the one, but maybe it's the 15 eight beating nines the are very close. Eight and right. nines go anyway. Right. So. What is, I mean, speaking of the parity between um, these like higher ranked uh, teams versus the lower ranked teams, what, what is it in women's uh, college basketball that uh, can lead to there to being such a disparity between uh, these higher ranked seeds and the lower ranked teams? Well, you know, programs with with more um, clout and more um, have have a more winning pedigree and history, though they get all the top players. If you're if sure. you're a high school recruit, are you going to want to go to UConn or um University at Buffalo, and that's not a knock on UB because I'm I live in Buffalo, so <laughs> okay, yes. I love the Bulls. I'm just yeah. <laughs> it was my example, but yeah, uh-huh. that's what it is. It's the top top talent in the country going to like a small portion of schools, and right. um, UConn's one of them. Tennessee was for a long time. South Carolina is now there, but you now you are now seeing that talent being spread out further and further, and as that continues to happen you're going to get more competitive programs and, and people elevating their visibility and status. And, you know, it's good for the game. It's good for women's basketball. Right. Um, so talked about uh, the favorites, um, the uh, potentially some of the underdogs uh, who could uh, squeak out some wins here. What about, uh, are there any just like exciting stories, players um, perhaps that we should be um, keeping an eye on throughout the tournament? Yeah. I mean, there's plays that have, have had really good, seasons that you you want to keep watching Melissa Smith of Baylor she's a senior she's going to go the WNBA this year Caitlin Clark who I mentioned of Iowa is just I mean she could shoot from mid-court I mean she launches threes from from the logos to the center of the court she's incredible shooter you got um Paige Beckers is back for UConn who was out with an injury last year she was the player of the year last year Mm. um and Ioka Lee for Kansas State um, is a center. I mean, she's basically their whole offense. Um, she's uh, what is she? She's like six. I want to say six six. I don't know. She's tall. huge, tall, tall. and yeah. she's just she's so she's another player who's fun to watch. Um, we could go down the line where I could just pull players from from different teams and say, you know, you want to pay attention to this. Uh, Nas Hillman of Michigan. Yeah, I mean, there's. You get to know these players too, even if you're watching the tournament for the first time. You know it's right. easy to to figure it out and to zone in on who kind of um, you should be watching and paying right. attention to. Uh, very fun. Um, I I do uh, want to chat briefly before uh, we go. Um, you know, I joked up top. You know, uh, we're covering the women's tournament and the men's tournament, um, and we're covering the women's tournament first here on the podcast. But um, there does seem to be such a huge disparity between the attention that the women's tournament gets and the men's tournament gets. And I think we could, you know, very clearly talk to all the reasons uh, why that probably happens. Uh, that uh, many of us know, but. Um, do you see uh, the disparity between the coverage that they get? Like, is it changing? Is it moving in the in the right direction? Um, and um, what could maybe uh, us as fans, what could we be doing to uh, continue to support um, women's basketball and women's sports in general? Um, well, that's easy. It's just pay, just watch. Watch games. games to watch. Yeah, you give really good advice. Twitter, watch games. Watch the games. Yeah, yeah it's good. <laughs> that's yeah. the easiest way. But yeah, 
there's been a disparity of coverage for years. And I think it, it really came to a head last last year when we saw the disparity between um, amenities at the men's tournament and the women's mm-hmm. tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, and the players were tweeting about it. And uh, there was a huge investigation and study done just about that disparity from a financial and marketing and promotion standpoint. I mean, the women's tournament wasn't even allowed to use the term March Madness until this year. Is that true? Um, this is the first year it's this is the first the year being referred to it, even though everyone oh else has always referred to that in promotional and marketing materials. It was reserved only for the men's tournament. Tell me why that makes sense. If you're trying to grow the women's side. Yeah, it makes no sense. So so what came out was that the NCAA wasn't really putting effort and investment in trying to w- grow the women's side or the women's tournament, even though yeah. the basketball that's played is just as exciting and just as entertaining. Totally. Um, so, yeah, I think it's. You know, we've been on this constant upswing where women's basketball and women's sports in general are getting more attention, um, more investment. We're seeing that happen. WNBA just got a $75 million investment, but um, it's not anywhere near equal or or where I feel like it, it needs to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I do, you know, there's only so much we can do as fans, but there are, you know, things we can do. Yeah. Talk about the games on Twitter, watch the games on Twitter, try to watch, I think, you know, uh, the women's tournament as much as you watch the men's tournament. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Any, anything else we should be paying attention to the tournament this year, especially the women's side? Uh, no, I think we've pretty much covered it. You know, um, there's, there's a lot of great basketball coming our way. Um, once the tournament tips off and, you know, I, I think aside from Stanford and South Carolina, those next two final four spots are pretty much wide open. So, And Stanford um, won last year. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, so looking mm-hmm. to repeat. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, this is great. Thanks so much. I think uh, people uh, get, get a lot out of this. Uh, know where they should be um, watching. Um, do you have anything you'd like to promote to let people know about? Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, as you mentioned up top, I'm the author of Hail Mary, The Rise and Fall of the National Women's Football League from the 1970s. It's Women's History Month, so it's a great time to learn about this key piece of women's sports history, sports history in general. Not many mm-hmm. people know that the NWFL existed. So if you want to learn more about that and the women who played, uh, go grab the book. Amazing. Thanks for joining. And uh, this was great. Yeah, thank you. All right, we are back. We are going to be chatting through the men's side of March Madness, and uh, we have a very special guest. I'm very excited to be welcoming Zach Brooks. Zach, how are you doing? Good. I'm really excited to make my debut on the uh, RHAP Sports Podcast. Yeah, uh, very excited to have you. We chatted uh, a few months back about you coming on. Uh, you're very excited for March Madness. Um, as people have heard me say uh, with Lindsay, I am Canadian and we do not have much of a college culture. I know March Madness is a thing and sometimes I fill out a bracket and sometimes I watch some games, but I'm very blind. So I'm excited for you to uh, tell me and the audience um, what should we be keeping an eye out uh, for the for the men's uh, March Madness tournament. Isn't Quinnipiac uh, sometimes eligible for the March Madness a Canadian tournament? team? I th- I know that they play American teams sometimes. Ooh, that would uh, be great. Yeah. Uh, you hear about Quinnipiac with polls a lot, but I think they also 
have a basketball team. Seems like they might be, are they, are they, it seems like they might be in Connecticut, but I might be looking at the oh, wrong thing. Maybe there's, I thought there was a Canadian team that was, all right, whatever. I've never heard I mean, of That's a, a great ball. start to this podcast. No, so. that's okay. That's okay. I feel like, uh, you know, uh, I'll, I should be doing more yes anding. Like, yeah, great <laughs> Canadian city of Quinnipiac. Yeah. Um, uh, it sounds like a Canadian city. Yeah. Uh, yeah I'm super so, excited. I, we're a week away from March Madness and I am like, yeah. cannot wait. Yeah, so we're doing this a little bit uh, in advance. You know, I chatted with Lindsay. Uh, I was like, "What the bracket isn't set? What what is happening?" You know, we chatted a little bit uh, about that. It's a little bit early, but we also uh, didn't want to drop this like right before the games all start, and then immediately all of our you know the commentary is uh, is is outdated. And to give people a little bit of time uh, for me, I think the idea here is like uh, you know, if I've never really delved into March Madness, what should I be? Uh, what should I be watching? What should I keep an eye out for? What is interesting about these tournaments? And let me just start quickly to you one thing i like to do on the sports show is like for the guest who comes on to tell me like what is it about this this thing that we're going to talk about what is it about march madness and bass college basketball in particular zach um that has made you a fan how long have you been a fan you know give us your give us your background i mean i've been a i've been a college basketball fan as long as i can remember uh so i am from michigan and i'm a fan of michigan state that is the spartans that is not the wolverines do not like the wolverines okay michigan uh michigan state won the NCAA title twice before. Uh, once, if you're watching the show Winning Time on HBO, uh, yes. Magic Johnson led Michigan State's 1979 okay. title. Yes. I am watching Winning Time with Jason Reed uh, yes. every week on Post Show I, I watched the first half of it right before we got okay. on. Uh, and I got chills. At one point, they said, the All-American point guard is going to go number one who led Michigan State to a title. And I, I literally got chills. And I was like, I texted a bunch of friends. I was like, can you believe this? They said that. That's so amazing. Big so. story in the show is that he's, uh, he beat Larry Bird. In the yes. national championship. Yep, big yep. so, rivalry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Epic game. Uh, unfortunately, I was not alive, or, or fortunately, maybe. Uh, I was not alive for it. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, me either. So, yeah. yeah not that old. So uh, you're a big Michigan State fan. Yes. Huge. I mean, people who know me or follow me on any social media platform, like that, I'm uh, slightly obsessed uh, with both Michigan State basketball and football. Um, okay. So, uh, and then they won again in 2000, led by another All American, I think he was All American, uh, point guard Mateen Cleaves. Um, who did not go number one. He did have a short pro career. Um, and then yeah, I don't State recognize un- the names though. Yeah. yeah, he 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 was drafted by the local pro team, but kind of didn't really pan out, but he was great in college. Okay. Uh, that And that was early in the career of our coach, Tom Izzo, who's now in his, I believe, 27th year. He's made eight final fours wow. in March Madness. So you can always count on Tom Izzo to make a run in March. Maybe That's- not this year, but you never know. Don't count him out. Um, well, I mean, this is uh, what you're saying is that, um, you know, we're I was chatting with Lindsay about, um, you know, the uh, you know why the bracket has not been uh, set. I got I got educated. Uh, mm-hmm. There are conference, uh, you know, championships and things that, that need to be uh, finished yes. uh, before we're done. And, um, you know, a lot up in the air. But uh, as you were uh, saying to me previously that, um, you know, there's, um, you know, a good you know, I feel like in the men's side, at least, you know, there's so many divisions, there's so many teams. Um, these uh, conferences are going to uh, determine who is going to be uh, picked and, and make it into the tournament. Um, and, uh, you know, you could win the co- you could win your conference title. And, and now you're now you're in the tournament. Now you're in March Madness. Uh, yeah. So there are uh, I just looked up 358 Division One men's basketball teams. Uh, some of the conference oh. tournaments have changed. But for the most part, uh, and I will say the conference, the conference tournaments are kind of like the amuse-bouche to the uh to the men's uh, march madness bracket like this Uh is your appetizer right this is not the big dance but these are you know 20 25 little smaller regional dances smaller 16 team uh tournament 
Zach, are you and eating a moose bouche before you're dancing? It can't be good for your stomach. I mean, a moose bouche is better than eating a big appetizer. That's just a <laughs> that's little true. taste before that's you dance. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Uh, so yes, this is your. This is your. I, I love that term, a moose bouche. So I like to use it whenever. I, I love can. it too. I do not yeah. mean to poke fun at your mixed metaphor. I actually oh, no, 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 much enjoyed it. So yeah. Um, so yes, this is this is kind of the preamble to the tournament. If you win your conference title, and I know Lindsay might have gotten into this, if you win your conference tournament, you do get an automatic bid into the NCAA tournament. Yes. So essentially, these are a whole bunch of play-in tournaments that are going on this weekend, the weekend of March 10th, March 11th, mm-hmm. March mm-hmm. 12th, whatever this upcoming weekend is. Uh, and if you want to tune in, they're going to be all over on ESPN mostly, but um, I think Fox Sports is going to cover some CBS in, in Canada on different networks. I do not know what networks uh, sports are on in Canada. Uh, I think PSN covers some college basketball. I, th- I think that's who covers it in Canada. Yes. Yeah. So uh, if you want to get a little appetizer, start seeing some teams, check out the conference tournaments. Uh, I think the most, I mean, I'm a Big Ten fan, so I think the Big Ten conference tournament is going to be really good. Um, I also think the SEC conference tournament, uh, which is, stands for the South, Southeastern Conference, that has you know Kentucky, Auburn, uh, Alabama, LSU, Florida. It's a whole bunch of good teams playing um, okay. in that conference. Um, I think that should be really competitive. The Big 12 also should be a very competitive conference tournament. Um, you can't go wrong watching these. Are, these are these just branded teams. names? You know, Big Ten, Big Twelve. Are these just like? Uh, are they they're, actually the biggest schools? Or no? Are they, in fact, the Big yeah. Ten has fourteen teams. Uh, so it's, what? It's, they're not even active. They used to have ten way back in the day. They used to have ten. Um, oh my! That hurts my. It's yeah. almost as much as uh, how the Toronto Blue Jays have to play in the American League. Uh, mm-hmm. Hurts. Well, hurts my I mean, school. It, well, okay. they have, yeah, it's, it, I mean, and some of these are regionally, uh, kind of regionally yes. divided, but there's been all kinds of movement over the last few years. So, for example, not yet, but soon, the Southeastern Conference, the SEC, will include Texas and Oklahoma, which I don't, you know, I don't know how familiar you are with American geography, but Texas yeah. and Oklahoma, not quite in the southeast of the United States. Yeah, this is like, yeah, the, 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 when you try to divide the country up by regions, it's never, it never where well, teams and move. They, and yeah, there's, yeah, there's different, um, you know, like Texas and Oklahoma yeah. are rivals, and so they want to stay together, and they right. want to, it's, it's, it's okay. mostly driven by football, these conferences, more so than basketball. Interesting. Um, uh, but not every team that plays Division One basketball plays Division One football. Right. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah, lots of stuff to still set up before selection Sunday, which will be a very yep. exciting day as we will, the bracket will actually be locked into place. Um, I asked, uh, Lindsay, who is a journalist. So a little bit yeah, of a different not. approach, I think, to yeah. watching March Madness. Uh, Lindsay, uh, you know, um, looking at this from a journalist perspective, you are a fan. You are a fan of Michigan State. Um, so I presume that you are, uh, you know, focusing in on when Michigan State uh, should they be playing? Sounds like seems they are. They will be. Well, I mean, okay. there, there's a, a very slim possibility they wouldn't get selected, but it's like 99. Okay. percent All right. So, so we'll presume that Michigan stays in. I'm, I'm assuming you are making sure you're watching all of their games. But how yes. how do you decide what else you're going to watch? There's a lot of basketball uh, at mm-hmm. the beginning of March Madness. 34 games we have to get to to actually more than that, right? Because there's actually 68 teams. Uh, yes. So there's there's um, so I'll, I'll back up a little bit. Uh, there are the there's two nights of play in games. Um, so there's going to be uh, what eight teams competing. Is that right? Yep. For yep. play. Yeah. Yep. Um, so four games um, two each night. I feel like I'm, my math is messed up, but there's, that's okay. That's right. I think that looks right. Yeah. Tuesday, and Wednesday, there will be games. So that's why like immediately this podcast, if we would have, we would have yeah, to yeah. do this Sunday night and get this outside. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be the uh, two games of the lowest ranked 16 seeds. Um, so these are your smaller schools that were automatic qualifiers, won their conference tournament. 
they're going to be basically cannon fodder for the number one seeds. Only once has a number 16 seed ever beaten a number one seed. And uh, that was, oh, I'm blanking on the name. They beat Virginia though. Okay. Um, that's sad that we only know the loser. Oh my God. Who was the, uh, not, this is going to, this is going to bug me. No, I'll look, I'll look people, it up. Are, people are I'll listening and yelling at their phones right now, listening to this. Um, it was uh, uh, Quinnipiac. No, yeah, right, which, I'm just uh, kidding. Yeah. So, uh, there will be four 16 seats competing for two spots. Um, University of Maryland. Uh, uh, yeah, UMBC. University yeah. of America and Boston College. Ba- yes, or, uh, Baltimore Boston County. College. Baltimore County. BC is there Boston we go. College, yes. That's okay. That's all right. Uh, yeah, so they're the only team to ever... So this is in 2018, so pretty recent, actually. Yeah. Uh, um, the year uh, the year after that, Virginia went on to win the national title in the... Yeah, in March that's Madness, a good so. comeback. Who's making yeah, that movie? Yeah. Um, so how do you, we have the playing games. What, what are you, what are, so how then are Thursday, you prioritizing what to watch? Yeah. So Thursday at noon, the tournament kicks off. Uh, every year that I've not been in school and when I was in school, you know, in college, you're able to watch it. And when I grew up, they would even roll in the TV for the big March Madness. Games oh, wow. Um, we only got that for uh, uh, Olympic hockey. Yeah, that's, I mean, the, growing yeah. up in Michigan State country, that's kind of yeah. how, how it was. Uh, so ever since then, in my working life, uh, I've always taken those days off. As soon okay. as I am able to put in for time off, I put in for that Thursday and Friday. And sometimes I tell my coworkers why I'm taking the days off, but sometimes it's yeah, people are there. like, wait, you're taking two days off work to watch basketball? I'm like, yes, and leave me alone. Uh, I've been there. I, I, you know, the upcoming uh, Rob uh, has a podcast, a live uh, know it alls. If it, like, I'm always like, can I trust you to tell you that I'm go- I'm going to a live podcast? Can yeah, I, it's always, it's always. I, I, I've also had to make that excuse and be like, oh, yeah. I'm going to like a, a show in New York. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, you you wouldn't understand it. So uh, so a, ch- a full day of games on the first uh, Thursday and 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 Friday and now and with Friday. streaming back when it was just on cable yeah. you were at the mercy of what game was chosen for your area because it was on CBS and they would choose one game and people who probably remember back then like they used to Survivor used to be on Thursday nights and they used yeah. to preempt Survivor for the NCAA tournament. Oh wow! So. Um, yeah, Not anymore. A, I feel like uh, the old school way to like watch everything is you have to go to a bar that had multiple TVs. Yes, that had yeah. like a that had like a satellite package. Yes, that's now right. with streaming and they have an agreement where there are four channels because at the most there will ever be four games on at a time. So right. it's on CBS, True TV, uh, which is the hardest one to find, TNT, and TBS. I only know True TV because they have Impractical Jokers. That's uh, I know True TV yeah. for. One or two weeks a year. Uh, I think it's just <laughs> right. one week where I, and everybody's like, "Wait, what channel is True TV on?" Uh, yeah, because yeah, it's usually it's usually like uh, they used to like Court TV. I think is what True TV is on the um, streaming packages. Are you? I, I've I've been here with uh, baseball, like opening day. I, I I choose the thing where like I'm watching one game and I have all the other ones on the mini like uh, picture in picture. Uh, yeah, they don't have your... a great setup for that. There is a March Madness yeah. app that I've tried to use, but it's kind of delayed, so I don't do yeah. that. Usually, what I do is I set up. Uh, three laptops and a TV, and I have each one on a different feed, and I just go to the like TNT website, TBS website, and I load them all in. Um, and then I just kind of put on the big screen the one I'm the most interested in. Of course, yeah. if it's Michigan State, that's getting sure. the big screen and the majority. And it's usually, you know, start off with one game and then an hour, and you get the second game. So they're a little staggered, so you only have four games for, like, the meat of your day sandwich, and then at the, both ends, you just have a few games going on. 
Right. So in the, uh, you know, are you, are you looking at the number one seed saying, I want, I would like to watch their game to get a, a sense of who they are thinking that they will be, uh, you know, hap, you know, uh, playing later in the tournament, playing perhaps more often, or are you looking for these, like, where's the, where are the upsets uh, yeah. going to come so, in the first round? I mean, the, the, the fun is the upsets, of course, if it's not my team, when it's my team mm-hmm. that gets upset, it's tragic. Yeah. Terrible. That's bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the one seeds, I would say the one through three seeds, those games are sort of, on the periphery for me, I'll have them on a screen. Right. And if things are interesting in the second half, then I might be like, Oh, all right. Like, you know, you'll start saying on Twitter, people will be like, I mean, I remember when, Vir- when Virginia was losing to uh, UMBC, it was like, Ooh, okay, uh, we all got to switch over. Yeah, yeah. Like everybody's yeah. tweeting the eye emojis. Sure. I don't know if people used eye emojis back then, but it was like, oh, the I'm a big eye emoji user. Well, yeah, yeah. Then I don't know if people were using the eye emoji in 2018. So, you know, and then people would start, uh, you know, would, would turn that on. Um, you know, that's what I'll tune into some of those lower seeds. The the 215 happens a little bit more uh, more frequently. And then obviously, you know, as you get lower in the seed. Um, yeah, Lindsay told us to keep the eye out on the the 8-9 uh, was Lindsay's. Because uh, the 8-9 is essentially, it's essentially yeah, a toss-up, yeah, right? That's right. Yeah. Um, so my Michigan State is projected to be an 8 right now. Um, I've seen that a couple places. Yes, I did. The 512 that. is always an interesting one to watch for you. Oh. And there's, there used to be a stat that like every year a 5 had lost to a 12. I don't know oh. if that is still the case. I think that that streak broke at one point. But it's like the um, silly thing where they're like, uh, you know, oh, you want to lose before? Like, actually, Lindsay said sometimes a losing team uh, lights a fire under them. But uh, I'm trying to think of another example. We're like, uh, like you know, it's actually good that we lost before we uh, we go. You know, it's, it's actually good that we're not the number five seed before. Yeah, no, I think just be the number five seed. Sometimes you know? that's the thing with the conference tournaments too, where you don't want to wear yourself out in these. Co- if you already know you're in the NCAA tournament. You might be able to win a couple of conference tournament games and enhance your seed and get a better seed in March Madness. But sometimes it's not worth playing three or four games in four days and risking your guys getting injured and, and running right. your legs super dry because this is the tournament that matters less if you already know you're in March Madness. So yeah, sometimes you like see a, teams yeah. sort of dog these conference tournaments and they'll still try to win, but not try that hard because it's like, well, actually, we can get like almost a week of rest if we lose this. But will, it, will that affect their seeding that much? Like there's this uh, the example I was thinking of that I couldn't come to mind earlier. I think the last few years, there's been this thing with them, the Toronto Maple Leafs, where it's like, uh, you know, uh, we don't actually want to play Boston. So we'd actually rather be the fourth seed than the third seed. You know, like, mm-hmm. uh, let's try to, like, gamify who we're going to get to play. And if we actually lose, we'll actually get a better matchup. And it's like, I guess so silly. Just try to, like, uh, I get the resting. I get resting your players. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a bad, uh, say, if you're automatically qualified, uh, does losing this conference, is there any way that could affect your seeding in the, in the tournament or? Yeah. Cause and the thing is, is with college sports in, you know, this is a bigger problem with college football is it's so subjective. There's so many teams. You can't just take record like you can with pro sports right? because there's so many teams and there's so few games and the teams haven't all played each other. So right. like college football, you might have a team that has not played a ton of tough competition. And this happens almost every year where there's a smaller team that hasn't played a lot of hard teams. And they're twelve and zero, and it's like, well, should they be in the in the college right. football playoff? Right, because they haven't, you know, like UCF is an example of that. Boise State's an example of that. Right. Um, Coastal Carolina, I think, was I don't know if they went undefeated, but they did really well, for example, too. Yeah, and because these teams don't, you don't have the same measuring stick in college as you do in the pros. So it, it, March Madness is a very subjective. Uh, the NCAA tournament is a very subjective process where who they pick and how they seed. And so that's why it's always interesting to hear people react to the bracket. It's like, well, that team got snubbed. They should have been a, they should have been the one seed or, oh, you know, they should have been in the tournament and this team is in the tournament and this team isn't. And I can give you a list of some of the teams right now that are on the bubble heading into 
conference tournaments because these are teams that do need to win their conference tournament because right now their their resume for getting in is is sketchy and if they if they lose in their conference tournament they don't have chances to keep winning each conference tournament game is another chance to get another win and right. have a better record heading into March Madness so yeah okay uh, so yeah so these teams that are on the bubble right now um and some of this has changed because there's been some games today but uh the last four buys so these are the last four teams that will not be playing in those uh this is according to ESPN that uh, will not be playing those play-in games, um, which are the, these are the 12 seed, usually the 11 or 12 seed play-in games, not the 16 seeds because those are automatic qualifiers. Uh, Wake Forest, Creighton, Memphis, and Michigan. Uh, so those are four teams to watch this weekend. If they lose early in their conference tournament, they might not make March Madness. Uh, I'm ready for Michigan yeah. to lose early because they are a rival, but right. uh, I, I think Michigan is in no matter what, even if they lose, I don't think they're in. Uh, last four in. So these are the very last four. They're going to play in those uh, projected to play in those playing games. That's Xavier, Wyoming, Rutgers, and SMU. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll just touch on a couple of these teams that are in that like some interesting things about them real quick. Um, so I believe Wake Forest just lost. I think I saw that they just lost today. So they might be okay. in trouble. Uh, Memphis is an interesting one. So they're coached by Penny Hardaway, which if you're a fan of NBA, in the oh. 90s, he played with Shaq. Yeah. Yeah. They had an amazing recruiting class coming in, including a guy from Michigan named Damani Bates, who was said to be the next LeBron James, the next Kevin Durant. This guy, he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated his freshman year of high school. He graduated high school a year early to come to college and play at Memphis. Uh, he has not panned out so far. He's actually not with the team. He, he is uh, supposedly injured. Um, but since he's been gone, the team has been really hot. And they have a couple other really young studs. And uh, they're seemingly in after seeming like they were not going to make the tournament at all. Um, Michigan is another team that started the season really, really poorly. They've turned things up. Uh, they beat Michigan State recently. They just went at Ohio State, who's a pretty good team. And they won it. Uh, they beat Purdue as well, who's going to be one of the top seeds. So I think they're in good shape to make it in. Um, Rutgers is an interesting one. They're another Big mm-hmm. Ten team. They're uh, yes. one of the last four teams in. So Rutgers is not a historically great basketball program and in both football and basketball they're kind of a laughing stock for a long time they have a, a really good tough coach named uh, steve peichel and he came from stony brook i think and he just institutes like this tough nose like very similar to michigan state's brand of basketball where they're all about defense and rebounding and playing hard and diving after loose balls uh they play like that they've got um you know they've got a whole bunch of players that have been with the team they're now seniors or fifth year seniors a lot okay. of experience on that team Suddenly, in like late January, they just started beating all of the good teams in the Big Ten. They went okay. on a run of beating three or four in a row top 15 teams. Um, and they've also lost to three of the worst teams in the country. They lost like Lafayette and a couple other really, really small schools. Terrible losses early on, great losses later on, uh, or great wins later on. I'm rooting for them to make it in. I really hope they will because they're a fun team to watch. And yep. They're, they have such a high variance. They could upset a number one seed or they could lose their first game. So you have no idea. Right. With Rutgers. right. Um, All right. So those are some of the teams on the, on the bubble. Let's uh, let's, can we get to some, I just want to do a couple yeah. on the outside looking in. Um, okay. So those are the teams that are, right now are projected to be in assuming they don't have bad losses in their conference tournaments. Now there's teams that are on the outside um, that are on the outside looking in. And these are teams that need to win some games this weekend in their conference tournaments. Otherwise, they don't have the resume projected wise to make it in. So that would be uh, historically great basketball program, Indiana. Yeah, they're the also Big Ten. Right? Yeah, they're um, 
They are first year under a new coach um, okay. and they've probably outperformed what they were expected to do. Um, but they still, they play Michigan uh, tomorrow. I, this podcast might be posted after, but 11 a.m. Eastern time on Thursday, they mm-hmm. play Michigan. That almost, you could look at that as a play-in game. The winner of that is most likely in the NCAA tournament. The loser of that is going to be sweating on Sunday. Right. Um, okay. Uh, BYU, Dayton, Virginia Tech, uh, Virginia, VCU. So three teams from Virginia, all hoping to get some wins yeah. in their conference yeah. tournaments. Um, Florida and Texas A&M are all teams that are on the outside looking in. Okay. So uh, Florida and Virginia both have won titles in the last 20 years. I mean, Virginia in 2018, uh, Florida in 2008, I think, and 2009. Um, how does there become such a big disparity between um you could go all the way and win it and and then you could um you know you might not even be in the tournament uh just i mean if, there's so many factors but um i always think experience is a big is a big deal so with college sports you have players that are one to four now five-year players yeah um and when you come in as a freshman you, you think about it, you're 17 18 year old kid even if you're a freak athlete you're still 17 18 years old you just don't have that kind of experience after you've played three or four years in college basketball, especially if you're a point guard, you know, you got the ball in your hand a lot. You're the one who's really running the show. If you have a lot of experience as a point guard, yeah. um, you're, you're more likely to just have a feel for the game. And when, when things get hot and hairy during the game, you can, you can make those quick decisions where, you know, just like your first podcast, right. It might've been, you might've had like a, a part where you stumbled over versus now you're a season. No, pro, I was now perfect you're a right, from the, right from the, oh, look, right you were, you were yeah. Monty Bates. Yeah. You yeah, were, you were right. the original. Yeah. So <laughs> no, don't go back. The, I, the, the, Robin Akiva get dragged. My first ever podcast. If you want to hear how bad. Oh, really? Oh, that was your, yeah. that was your first, that was your debut. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah, these are the teams who are on the bubble, uh, have to play in these conferences, uh, hoping for some wins, um, to improve their stock to get in. Let's flip the script. Uh, let's, let's go from the bottom to the top. Um, let's talk about, uh, you know, maybe some of our number one seeds are the favorites, uh, to win the tournament. Who should we be watching out for Zach? So this is an interesting year in college basketball because a few weeks ago, uh, if you're a big college basketball fan, you were probably watching this day. There was a Saturday where, I think eight of the top 10 teams got upset. Oh, so, wow. and it's never happened that many. Um, Michigan State beat Purdue that day. So we were actually one of the teams that they were at okay. four at the time when we beat them. But Gonzaga lost that day. Um, Duke lost that day. Arizona, I believe uh, Wisconsin also lost. I think was one of the, Kansas was one of the teams. So huge upsets in this. This year has been a lot of fluctuation at the top. Um, right now, uh, the number one, the project number one seed, I believe, is Gonzaga. Um, yeah, we're, we're using um, Joe Lenardi, who I believe Lindsay actually uh, recommended as somebody you might want to follow. He has a really great uh, a page for both the men's and the women's tournament, um, yep. his 2022 NCAA tournament bracketology, um, where he is going through uh, a lot of this information. He currently has Gonzaga uh, as number one seed, Baylor, Arizona, and Kansas, all as yep. his uh, number one seeds at the moment. Um, yep. And uh, another one is Jerry Palm. He's with CBS. So he has a slightly different number one uh, set of number ones. So we can talk about that. Okay. Um, if you're really into like the advanced analytics, there's a website called KenPalm.com, which, you know, some people know that uh, they have a, just an analytics method of ranking teams. And it's it's usually way different than the national rankings because um, mm-hmm. he uses some advanced stats to to pull that. I think it's a subscription based for a lot of their features, but when you're filling out your brackets, if you really want to get an edge, if you use Ken Palm to pick, if you look at the two teams ranked in Ken Palm as you're filling out your bracket and you use that, it might not match up with the seed line always, but you might be able to spot some potential. Ooh, that's a good yeah. tip. 
I said I was just going to copy Lindsay's brackets, but now yeah, uh, I mean, well, so I probably shouldn't give bracket advice. I watch so much college basketball and I always finish near the bottom. Oh, that's um, okay. So yeah. picking random, you know, cause I, I'm like, oh yeah, that team's really good. But you know, I haven't watched Norfolk state who and are gonna play in the first round. And then all of a sudden Norfolk state is really good. One, uh, one game too. It's one game. Right? Yeah. Anything can happen. One, it's it, the very, you, can have, you can have an injury. Yeah. You can have yeah. a guy get nervous. I mean, a lot of times he's come down to the last shot. A guy's just shooting a free throw. These college kids get nervous shooting free throws. Um, the very reason I think it's the, it's so fun. Uh, this yeah. the tournament style, uh, one and done uh, style of play. The upsets know? are a little bit of a double-edged sword though. I will say it's really fun when a 15 beats a two. Then the next round, the 15 has to go up against the seven seed or the 10 right. seed. And all of a sudden they get crushed because that right. magic has run out. Sometimes they right. are actually an underseeded, really good team. Other times they just had a game where they couldn't miss. Yeah, and so these fair. 15, you know, I remember when UMBC beat Virginia, they lost the next game. Um, right. Right. I, yeah. I, I, I didn't look at that set. They might, they, Cause there are some years where that, where that Cinderella team, Gonzaga was a Cinderella. They were one of the first Cinderella's I can remember. And they turn that Cinderella run in March Madness into being the team that's now the, you know, two years in a row, the number one ranked team heading into March Madness. Yeah. Um, so out of a, a really, really good program. Off out of, of these run. teams that are, are ranked uh, really high, seated really high, who are you excited about? Who are you, who would you, you know, uh, it doesn't have to be a number one seed. Who are you sort of picking to win it all? <sighs> you know, I do not know who I'm picking to win it all. Um, okay. So I actually really like Purdue. Um, but okay. Purdue historically flamed out in the tournament under this coach, but they have a ton of talent. So part of me thinks like this is the year Purdue puts it together. They have a, and I know more of the Big Ten, so I'm sorry to talk more about Big Ten teams than okay. other teams. But uh, Purdue has a really, really good point guard who will be in the NBA next year named Jaden Ivey. Uh, they have a a guy who is a seven foot monster. He is like one of the biggest humans you've ever seen at center uh, named Zach Eady. Uh, and then they have another guy who's a center who's not Canadian. As, Zach, he's a Canadian. He's Canadian. Oh, nice. That's he's, great. So he's, yeah. his name is Zach, and he's Canadian. He's like the combination yeah, this of, is of like, us. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, yeah. And um, we're both seven foot tall, so that's incredible. Little did yeah. people know, you can't yeah. tell from the voices. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, they also have a big guy named Travion Williams, who is so good. He would start for most teams, but he comes off the bench because Zach Eady is this freak athlete. Somebody on a podcast right. the other day described him as a Game of Thrones giant. And I laughed. Oh, wow. In that. Um, That's great. So they got it. They got it. And then they have some good shooters and role players around. I do like Purdue, but I mean, honestly, Purdue could lose in the first round because their coach just chokes all the time. Okay. Um, yeah. Kansas is always a, a solid pick as well. They got a, a guy named Abaji. Uh, who's been in, in college basketball for a while. He's got a lot of experience. He's really good. Uh, another one, I think they'll probably be a two-seed is Kentucky. Um, they probably need mm-hmm. to win their conference tournament to bump up maybe to a one-seed. Uh, they have a they have a player who will go very high in the NBA draft next year, Oscar Shibwe. Um, and he's okay. just a dynamic athlete to watch. Whenever I watch Kentucky, he really sticks out to me. And I'm like, I'd love it if the Pistons would draft him. He's uh, He's got yeah, a lot we- of talent. Lindsay and I chat a little bit about uh, how, uh, you know, uh, a good March Madness uh, showing can be, you know, bump up your draft stock, you know. Uh, oh, definitely. Are, yeah. Uh, high pressure games. Um, so, um, yeah. Yeah. It can it can take guys who would not have been drafted and get them drafted. Um, it can take guys, uh, you know, who were on the radar and get them bumped up into that, you know, because it's it's all this national exposure. Right. There's I guess the opposite is and, true. Unfortunately, we don't want to talk about yeah, I mean, you should, uh, what goes up. Yeah. Some have to come down. Uh, true. I mean, Gonzaga is a, Gonzaga's not won the national title. Last year, they were heavy favorites. They were undefeated going into the national title game and lost to Baylor. Um, yeah. We could definitely have a rematch between Gonzaga and Baylor, although both teams have had 
lots of changes at players, same coaches. Um, it, they have a, a young player named Chet Holmgren who is very tall and lanky and skinny. Like it's, 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 it's like a weird, very weird looking basketball player because his arms and legs are so long and he seriously looks like he probably weighs the same amount as me. It's like, uh-huh. it's, it's, uh, and he's, he's more, uh, defensive player than offensive player, but then they have, um, they have another a number of other offensive players that are really good too. Um, Baylor strong defensively. Um, had Baylor's played really well, especially recently. They're a five game winning streak. They're fourteen and four. Um, they'll be a top seed. Even I think even if they lose in their conference tournament, they should still be a number one seed. Maybe Kansas jumps them and takes their one seed spot if they lose to Kansas. Um, and then another team I want to call out is uh, Auburn as well. Uh, they probably have the number one pick on their team, Jabari Smith. Um, I haven't watched Auburn too much, but I mean, they win a lot and they have a lot of talent and they have a pretty good coach. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, Bracketology has them predicted as the number two seed. Uh, so, uh, yeah, fun. Um, okay. So, I mean, those are like, you know, sort of top tier. Um, but is there anybody lower seated, lower down who you think, uh, I mean, other than Michigan State, obviously, who, right. You know, I, honestly, uh, who- I, I would not. I mean, if people want to pick Michigan State, I love it. I hope that they do well. I've watched this team. I've gone to uh, most of their home games this year. I've watched okay. every one of their games. Uh, frustratingly so. They were in the top 10 for a lot of the year. Uh, they have lost a ton recently, which is the opposite. of Michigan State usually gets better as the season goes on. This year they've gotten worse. Okay. Yeah. This team is so inconsistent. I would be very, very surprised if they win more than one game in the tournament. Okay. But uh, they yeah. could. Okay. You know, Tom is on March has magic. Uh, That's so give us, give us your, uh, you know, some of the lower seat, maybe someone who's uh, a team uh, who's lower or down. Uh, you certainly perhaps not that like you're going to climb. Yeah, they could, they're going to win it all. Um, but perhaps could be a fun a team to watch. Uh, who's a little bit lower ranked. than some of So like, one team that probably will favorites. be higher ranked. I, I hope that they don't do that well, but there is a very, very important college basketball storyline surrounding them. That is okay. Duke. So Duke. Yes, Duke. Duke. I feel uh, like when I was growing up, Duke was like the team. Uh it felt yeah, like Duke and North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, Duke and North Carolina. North Carolina is uh has not had a good season, but North Carolina will be in the tournament, probably won't make much noise. But Duke is coached by Mike Krzyzewski. Uh this is his final year. He's a legendary Hall of Fame coach. Uh he's had Ooh. great teams. This is his last season coaching. Uh so it would be okay. very poetic if he if he wins the title. Yeah. In his last year. Uh, and Duke has had a pretty good season. They're uh, 26 and five. Um, and you did this, so they've had a good season. But but most notably, they had their final home game under Mike Krzyzewski last weekend playing against. Mm-hmm. No, have you heard about this? Did you hear about? No, no, this? I have no idea oh, where you're going. This was yeah. this was incredible. So. Oh, is this the, oh, maybe I did hear about this. Co- yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. this blew yeah. up Twitter, basically. So. Yeah, yeah, Coach yeah. K's last game was a home, last game at home. Last regular season game was against their heated rival, North Carolina, who's having a terrible season. Barely is in the tournament. They're projected to win by, you know, they're, they're uh, favored to win by like 15 points in this game. Everybody just assumes like they're going to blow North Carolina out of the water. Uh, but actually, North Carolina wins this game. North Carolina comes back, wins this game, spoils. They have all these festivities to send off Coach K for his final home game. It was great sports comedy. Like if you like Schadenfreude, this is this is some good Schadenfreude for you. Um, yes. So he lost his last home game. He gave a speech after, and he was really, really upset, like really pissed about the game. Um, oh, no. It's it, it just funny. It, like it, it was just great humor. Um, no, this was not people, the sports story I was thinking of. I was thinking of. Uh... Was there a punch thrown in a game recently? Uh, a oh, coach? yes. That's what oh, I was thinking. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we have to talk about that as well. Yeah. Uh, 
So yes, so Duke could be like a storybook run. Um, they have a lot of talent, but they've been a little bit inconsistent lately. But again, they've only lost five games all year. Boy, so. him losing his last home game and then going on to the March Madness and winning it is like, yeah, somebody will write that script. In I mean, like he's 10 the years heel, the movie he, will come out. Right? Unless you're Duke he's a bad guy, he's the okay. heel. He's he's Russell Hans. He's the I probably shouldn't even say that name, but you know, he's he's the heel here. Uh, he's the Blue Devil. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, his coach in waiting is an assistant. So the guy taking over next year is already on the bench. He's been an assistant. He's a former player for them. Uh, now, what you were talking about, you were talking about a game between Michigan and Wisconsin. Yeah. And there was some uh, scuttle at the end of the game. Uh, Wisconsin was was called a timeout because Michigan was still playing defense when the game was decided. Uh, the Michigan coach, former player for Michigan uh, named Juwan Howard, did not approve of the coaching. Yes. Uh, and in the in the layup line, the, the Wisconsin coach tried to explain to him what happened and kind of grabbed his arm. I've watched the video a million times because, again, like Schadenfreude, I, I love yeah, yeah, yeah. the bad, bad arrival. Uh, he got mad at Greg Gard, the coach of Wisconsin, and uh, basically threw a punch and started this whole brawl in the in the layup line or in the the handshake line. Yes, yes, oh, it got yeah. heated. Yeah, yeah, uh, he did. Uh, John Howard was suspended for the rest of the regular season. He will be back for the Big Ten tournament. So, if you need another reason to watch Michigan oh. and Indiana, at 11, I hope this gets posted by eleven thirty a.m. tomorrow. Because okay. uh, I don't, I, maybe I think it'll be out in the morning. But I feel like most otherwise, read the box happen, score. So. Yeah, if the, if yeah, the game already check happened, the check out the box score. Yeah, or see what you know what? I always say I'm a. I, I was telling uh, Puyo a few weeks ago that like uh, I love English soccer because like I'm not. I, I don't tweet. I don't like search it enough. Whatever. I can just like throw on the game whenever I'm watching it like I, my no I don't get spoiled on it it's like if you could figure out a way to watch this game and you're not like in college but you could probably watch the game without being spoiled you know oh, probably even I, at, I uh 2 I have like tomorrow. a moral uh what is it like a, a like a moral you don't watch group. live I don't like yeah, you gotta watch live you know what I mean? no, no, you gotta watch live you, gotta, you can't yeah, no? you can't tape sports it's already happened mm-hmm. um it's also I have friends that will be like oh I, you know I like I'm gonna watch the MSU game later and I actually have a friend who I will sometimes text about English soccer and he's like spoilers and I'm like Oh, how am I supposed to know you're recording the like Manchester United game? Um, well, yeah, the zone. I, I watched uh, the Champions League game after it happened today. So it's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I, um, uh, I, I don't watch a ton of soccer unless I bet on it. Um, I do play yeah. in an indoor soccer league, which is on Thursday nights, which I will not be attending next week because I'll be watching March Madness. But yeah, uh, we got uh, OK. So there's some lower seated teams, yeah, lower seated teams. Yes. Yeah. Um, UCLA. That's an interesting one. They were projected number two, uh, ranked number two preseason. Uh, they just have not quite uh, had the season everybody expected. They have a ton of talent. They made a run to the uh, Final Four last yes, the Final Four last year and lost to Gonzaga. They actually beat Michigan State in one of those playing games last year. Um, they had a terrible season, barely made the tournament, and just got hot at the right time. So they've got that experience. They brought almost everybody back. So when I'm talking about experience. UCLA has that experience. They aren't relying on a lot of young players. Um, they're, I think, projected to be a four seed right now. Um, so, you know, they could be one to make a little bit of a run. If they're the four seed, then they're going to end up playing. Uh, they'll play the one seed in the Sweet 16 if everything goes according to plan. So right. Uh, right. right now on the bracketology, where do we have UCLA playing? They would be playing Baylor in the Sweet You'll 16 if. Yeah. Uh, oh, actually, and also in Michigan State. This <laughs> would be Baylor, Michigan yeah. State in the second and, round. And Duke uh, is in there. So that's a yeah, like that could be a loaded division. one. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's going to shuffle a ton before Sunday, and these regions will shuffle out. Sure. So you can't put too much stock in these, but they're they're sort of fun to watch. Look for scenarios. Um, okay. I actually like a lot of the four seeds. Uh, Illinois is projected to be a four seed as well. Another okay. really good team uh, played played very well in uh, 
in the regular season in the Big Ten. They have a really good big guy, a ton of big guard, good guards. Uh, their big guy's named Kofi Coburn, even though it is spelled uh, in a way that does not way. sound pleasant. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I had a teacher um, named Mrs. Coburn. So yes. yeah. Uh, yeah. Illinois is a fun one to watch again. Um, you know, they're, they're projected to be a four seed. I could see them making a run, you know, they would play, uh, you know, potentially Kansas as the one seed that they could face. Um, that's another team to watch uh, a team from the Southeastern conference. That's uh, I think has a great coach, a great young coach uh, that is a, um, what is his name? I'm breaking his name now. They call him the must bus though. Is like his Ooh. nickname. He's got a ton of Eric Musselman is his name. Oh, he what a great ton. name. And he, he acts like a muscle man. Like he's just oh, like, amazing. They, they had a big win earlier this year and he took his shirt off and he's like celebrating running into the crowd and like a professional wrestler, like hyping them up. Uh, the coach of Arkansas. Yeah. Yes. He's the coach yeah. of Arkansas and he brings that personality to his team and his team plays with a oh, ton fun. of energy. Um, so that's Arkansas. That's a team to watch out of the, out of the Southeast Eastern conference. Um, right. So, um, you know, and they might even win, you know, they could win the FCC title this year or this, uh, this weekend in the conference tournament. Um, okay. so definitely would watch them. Um, let's see who else is, All right. uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, I yeah maybe that, one, 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 two, one more probably. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. uh, Marquette isn't, they're going to be a lower ranked team. Okay. Um, I think they're projected to be like an eight or a nine seed. Yeah. Um, but they've, they're one of those teams that's beaten good teams and lost to not great teams. So they have okay. kind of a spotty record. Interesting. But if they can put it together, they're out of the Big East. Um, I think Marquette's another one that I'm watching. Um, okay. I've also have made a lot of bets on Marquette, and they've covered the games that I've won. So, oh, like, I, you know, right. I, I appreciate Marquette uh, this year. Okay. Yeah, giving them the nod here. At the, yeah. Okay. Uh, Loyola okay. Chicago. One more is Loyola okay. Chicago. Um, they had a run last year. They beat Illinois. They Their coach went to Oklahoma. Their new coach is a young – he's a young, young coach. He's 30 years old. He's actually from Lansing, Michigan. His brother played for Michigan State. Uh, people say that the coach of Loyola, his name's Drew Valentine, may end up being the guy who takes over for Tom Izzo, uh, depending on when Tom Izzo retires okay. in you know five years or so. Interesting. Um, that team also had a pretty good season, not as good as last year, but they have a lot of players back. So uh, that's there. You might know them because they have um, a woman who is a nun with their school uh, named sister Jean. She's 103 years old. You'll see her what? in a wheelchair at the sidelines and she goes to all their, all their games. So if you look up sister Jean, oh, she's my. sort of like a human mascot for Loyola Chicago. Wow. Uh, that's love amazing. sister Jean. Okay. Yes. Sister Jean. Amazing. Yeah. People call uh, her sister meme. Sometimes. I, I was not expecting when I was like, Zach, you come on and like tell us who should we be keeping an eye out? And you were like a nun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. That's I, I don't great. know if I, I'm not sure if a nun is the correct. I, it's just sister. Sister. I'm, not, I'm not Catholic, uh, so I couldn't tell you if that's yeah. Uh, so, that's yeah, uh, apologies if we're uh, incorrect. Yeah. In our but you know, if they're yeah. a twelve, if they're one of those twelve seeds, um, you know that five twelve upset. Look at Loyola Chicago; they could be one of those teams to test okay. us up. Right. Okay, amazing. I think it's really, really fun. I guess uh, before uh, we're gonna play a game here in a bit, but uh, before before we uh, wrap up uh, the men's Mark Madness coverage, is there anything else that we need we need to know? Anything that we've missed? Before next Thursday, figure out what channel True TV is, or get the yeah, app for the right. True TV app. Um, that's right. And uh, you know, the, like this, this only happens once a year. We didn't have it in 2020 last yeah. year. Last year was a little bit different. All the games, no were fans in last year, right? Yeah, no, uh, no fans. They started having for fans some fans. Yeah. yeah, okay. Um, but. all the games were in Indiana last year, which was kind of fun to have everybody. Now that's going to be back spread out all over. Like the regionals are in Philadelphia, Chicago, San Antonio, mm-hmm. and San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Final four is in New Orleans. Uh, 
I would love oh, it if Michigan State made the Final Four. I would try to go down to New Orleans. Um, yeah, that'd be great. New Orleans, so I do. I also love New Orleans. I've been to New Orleans. It's very fun. My favorite yeah. place. Yeah. Okay. So, so uh, yeah, that's uh, our March Madness preview. Thanks so much for coming on, Zach. Okay, we're gonna let's let's jump into a game. I've I've uh, you've invited a special guest. I, I like to have games. I do not like to pit people against each other. I like to have people play in teams. And and you've you've picked a partner who I think is kind of a ringer uh, for you. Uh, we'll we see. have the great Brandon Fitzpatrick. Fitzy, how you doing? Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me on the uh, Sports Rehab Pub. It's great to yeah. be here. Yeah. So um, I was thinking, so the idea here at the end of each week now, we're going to uh, we're going to play a game and it will be something related to something that's happening in the sports world. And I was racking my brain. Uh, there was a there was a big trade uh, yes, uh, the other day. Uh, Russell Wilson was traded. The, I said, oh, can I do a game about trades? And I thought, no way. I'm having the movie ladder people on. I have to do sports, <laughs> movies and TV shows. Yeah. So we have to do. Yeah, yes. great idea. So I have five questions prepared for you. Um, and basically each question, you're going to have to sort of put things in order. I'm going to give you four things and you have to put them in the correct order. So we'll start off very, very easy. Uh, I mean, hopefully, uh, at least, oh, um, easy to explain. It will be my first question is I need you to put these movies in order of the year they were released. Oh, okay. Okay. Fine. So we have, uh, Dodgeball, uh, Dodgeball, a true yeah. underdog story. Um, we have, uh, Whip It. Uh, the movie, it. uh, yeah, it's the uh, um, roller derby movie. <laughs> oh my uh, Lord. With I know, and you can't even Google them. Uh, no, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, no, no, my hands are up here. I'm not in, in, no. Invincible, um, uh, the movie with, uh, yeah, is it? Um, it's oh um, Matt, Matt Damon, right? Where he's the rugby yeah, so where's the eagle, where he's, yeah. Oh, right. That's, uh, I was thinking it was the one where he's, oh, the I'm thinking player. of Invictus. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I am thinking <laughs> of Invincible, which is actually the, um, it's the, uh, Mark, Mark Wahlberg, Wahlberg movie. He plays uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. And then we have a movie that I put on here only for my own joy, which is called Men with Brooms, which is a Canadian curling movie. So oh my God. these are your four movies. I'm going to give you again, <laughs> Dodgeball, Whip It, Invincible, Men with Brooms. And, so, and, and talk it out. I've never heard of. Oh, yeah. fuck oh, it man. out. Talk we have up. not covered any of these on the movie ladder podcast. I thought we were just supposed to start you, with an easy one. Grace. I'm giving yeah. you movie ladder suggestions. I'm giving you an e- the easy <laughs> rules question. Yeah, this is a real ladder. Yeah. Um, all right, so I know Dodgeball came out when I was in college. So I think that's 2005 or 2006. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, I think it's 2005. Yes. Uh, Invincible. I want to say it's like 20, 2009. It's like right okay. before I right before I moved to DC and you and I lived yeah. together. Uh, I feel and, like the uh, roller derby one has to be the earliest. Whip it, yeah, or the latest, or it's like a random. Sorry, I, I do want to apologize. I said Ellen Page for it is Elliot Page. Uh, they go by Got Elliot it. Page. Oh, it's okay. Yes, yeah, so all right. I do know which one. And right. also, wasn't the guy from American Pie in that? Uh, Chris something. What is? Yeah, it? I believe like, so. The yeah. tall guy. Okay. This is. Okay. Um, yeah. When was that? Yeah, I think that was before Dodgeball. Yeah, he was from. He was in Electric. No, and, it it would be after because yeah, uh, Elliot Page. Uh, their first big movie was. Um, was Juno, yeah. which was like 2007. So right. that's going to be after Dodgeball. Yeah. Um, so I would say Dodgeball, Whip It, Whip It? Is that the name of the movie? Yeah. Whip It, yep. And Whip It Good. And Invincible. And then I have no men with yeah. brooms. You got to place this curling, this Canadian curling movie. I'm um, with brooms. Let's go with that yeah. being the newest movie because curling I was going to really go, go with the oldest movie. So, of course, curling we're, really we're blew up the last couple of years, though, from the Olympics. I like mean, in Canada, you probably have loved curling forever. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's from like 1953 and Grace is really just curling. Yeah, with maybe. Us. We're either going yeah. all the way at the. I, I feel like we should go all the way at the beginning because I feel like if curling okay. movie had come out anytime recently, we would have heard about it. 
Go for it. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, so give say. me your order. Give me your uh, Robin Hood men with brooms. Yes. Yes. Dodgeball, whip it, and uh, invincible. invincible. Not, don't call me Invictus. So uh, close. So Men with Brooms is the first movie. It was released in 2002. Dodgeball is the next movie. It was released in 2004, but I think yes. uh, maybe the end of the year. So very close. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Invincible comes out in 2006 and Whippet comes out in 2009. So you just had oh, those. Oh, 2006. Oh, so yeah. I did say 2009, but that was for right. Invincible, not yeah. for Whippet. Yeah. Right. Okay. So so cool. not bad. You got a, like, you got a score of two there. You had two in the right position. That's pretty good. All right. um, we, had, okay. we had two greens and two yellows if you're playing. Right. By yes. Two cautions. Yeah. Uh, okay. How about this one? Rank the TV show shows in order of how many episodes they've they've aired okay Ooh. so we have ted lasso okay the league yep. ballers yep. and yep. eastbound and down okay uh okay. So, ted, so ted lasso the ballers, is, ballers is gonna be the most no ballers was only like three or four seasons ballers uh, I think was the, four seasons and it was 12 episodes each right but the league was well i think the league is gonna be the most um, yeah, the league is going to be the rush. You're right. You're yeah. right. You're right. Because that was six. I love the league. If people haven't watched the league, seasons, yeah. if you're looking for a funny show, to, I, I yeah, don't know how well this one holds up, but the league is so funny and a great cast. Uh, yeah. So we're going most to least or least to most? Uh, you can do, uh, let's go least to most. Least okay. to most. Least is going to be Lasso. What because that's only been Eastbound and Down. Eastbound and Down. Yeah. yeah. Eastbound and Down had three seasons. Okay. Yep. 10 to 12 episodes each. Yep. And then Ballers and then the league. Yeah, so it's going to be Ted Lasso is the least because that's only had two seasons. Mm-hmm. One season was nine, and the other one was right eight or eight or nine. We just go by season. If we just go by yeah, season, so, we had two, yeah. two, three, four, four to five, yeah. and then the league was a bunch of seasons, but also Six. was on FX, so it has more. It had more episodes per season than yeah. the average. So, all right, give me your yeah. order. Yeah, so we're going Ted Lasso with the fewest, then. He's got it down, then ballers, then the league. Oh, four for four. I wish I had a bell. Boom. Oh, four Amazing. greens. Look at that. There four you go. greens. Or a ball. Um, all right. You ready for this one? This Grace, have you part? watched Ted Lasso? I, I have watched Ted Lasso. Yes, Ted Lasso. I, I love Ted Lasso. I, don't, I know people love it. I haven't watched it. Yeah, hmm. it's, it's really great. Okay. Uh, I will say on this question, you can have clues if you would like, because I think this oh, is the, the trickiest one I'm going to give you. Okay. All right. You have to put these. Uh, I'm going to give you the actor who played an athlete. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, and I believe they're all. Yeah, they are all baseball players. Oh, and I need you. Baseball movies. <laughs> I need you to uh, the 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 player that they are portraying. I need you to put them in the order of lowest to highest jersey number. <laughs> uh, let me let me give let me give, so I have John Goodman. And I, I, do you want me to tell you who they played? Oh, that was Babe Ruth. It's Babe Ruth, and okay. that's what number who two. Who did he play Babe Ruth in? What movie did he play Babe the Ruth in? Okay, the and then we have oh. Chadwick Boseman. Yes. Right, that's 42, because uh, that's Jackie Robinson. Jackie Thomas Robinson. Jane, I think the trickiest uh, person on the list. And then we have Ray Liotta. Yeah. Ray Liotta played Shoeless Joe Jackson in uh, Field of Dreams. But mm-hmm. what number was Shoeless Joe? Like number 12, something like that. Okay. Yep. Okay. Uh, I, I, I the only one I know the number four is uh, Jackie Robinson. Both Thomas Jane in um, the Punisher. He punished. The yeah, I know. I know. Thomas Jane was in the Punisher. The Punisher didn't have a number. It was a skull. So yeah. um, you know the number. You, you know the number that Babe Ruth had. Uh, Zach Trilla. You know the number Babe Ruth had. That's number two, right? Close. Uh, when two they were first giving out numbers, it's uh, based on the position you played. Oh, okay. Um, if that helps, it's a clue. I, you know, I actually never watched Babe yeah, Ruth play three. baseball. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, yeah Babe I Ruth jealous. wore number three. I yeah, said I'd come on for college basketball. I did not say I would come on for baseball. I was picturing the old tiny Yankees jersey in my head, and for some reason it looked like a two. Why don't we just go? So we have two. So we know that's the beginning. We know I would guess 42 is the end. Uh, yeah. Shoes Jackson is 12. So why don't we just place uh, um, Thomas Jane? What was he in? He's in the movie 61. Oh, well, maybe he plays. Well, hey, he's last. Maybe his number. No, I think that was. A, oh, no, that's that's that was a record. He's yeah. Roger Maris, right? Yeah. Is it in Maris versus Mantle? It is. Sure. 61 sure. is the movie of uh, Roger yeah. Maris and Mickey Mantle and their quest Maris to break versus Mantle. Bruce. Who did he play in Maris or Mantle? Mm. And what? I don't know either of their numbers. Mm. Do you? Yeah. No, I don't. Um, but I think that they would both be before Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, I think so too. Because that's right. the biggest gap it's that baseball. we have. Yeah, it's yeah. baseball. So. All right, give me your, give me your. No, your we have to remember this. So we have uh, John Goodman. John Goodman is as number three, Babe Ruth. The we don't main. need to give the numbers. We're just giving the um, order. Uh, and then Ray Liotta, and then Thomas Jane, and then Chadwick. Yes. Wow. Four for four. And uh, four you, did not, you did not exactly have the numbers right. So you did say okay. at one point, uh, Fitz, you did say uh, Babe Ruth did wear number three. He wore number three. He was the first baseman, so he wore number three. Uh, Ray Liotta as Shoeless Joe Jackson wore number five. Thomas Jane Got as it. Mickey Mantle wore number seven. Chadwick Boseman as Jackie Robinson wore number uh, 42. All right. Uh, nice. Rank these movies. And these are all boxing movies um, from lowest to highest box office total. Um, is this adjusted have, for inflation or is this just what they this made? is not adjusted for inflation not adjusted so for we have inflation. the fighter raging okay. bull rocky four and southpaw uh and i can uh fighter <laughs> and i went uh, to southpaw to a screening of southpaw it was awful yeah. very, very bad do not do not recommend that one fighter is a christian southpaw. bale movie uh southpaw is the is it is it jake gyllenhaal, jake gyllenhaal. yeah yeah, they, gyllenhaal. yeah. Well, just watch a different movie uh yeah. they watch watch car named desire instead of that uh you need a you need a recommendation. So we have the fighter, Raging Bull, Rocky Four, and Southpaw. The fighter was Oscar nominated for multiple Oscars, but I don't know how popular it was at the box office. I still think it's probably um, the highest, to be honest. You think? Oh, if even, we're yeah, talking about adjusted, not adjusted for inflation, not adjusted for inflation, it's probably the fighter. Yeah, Rocky Four is. Right. I don't know. I'll I mean, tell Rocky, you that I that I, I got these numbers off of one the one great Wikipedia page. So. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. Yes, yeah, uh, if the numbers are, are are incorrect, uh, the numbers know. are bad. They can be um, numbers are bad. Yeah, right. um, um, yeah. I, gonna, I, I think Raging Bull is probably second. That movie made a shit ton of money in nineteen. Sorry, Brenna, you're gonna keep you're gonna get censored. This is a family um, podcast. This is a family podcast. Um, in 1980, that movie made a lot of money, won multiple Oscars, including a Best Picture nomination. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm going to say Raging Bull is second behind um, the fighter. Then probably since we're not adjusting for inflation, Southpaw, then Rocky IV. Think Rocky's a phenomenon, though. Rocky is a phenomenon, but it was much more of a whole movie phenomenon. I would go with it. Southpaw at the bottom. Like, who saw Southpaw besides us? And we didn't even pay to okay. see Fair enough. So. Okay, we can do that. So just yeah. to clarify, so this, we're actually going highest to lowest. You think the yeah. fighter is number one? Raging yep. Bull is number two. Yep. Uh, you think Rocky Four is number three, and Southpaw Correct. is uh, the lowest. Yeah, lowest. No, I don't Let's think you have anything in the right order. So <laughs> uh, the highest-grossing film is Rocky Four at three hundred point four million dollars. Okay. Uh, which again, this could be like it that does sound made, adjusted for inflation. Though. It has made. Yeah. Mu- I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, Rocky, <laughs> to be fair, didn't Rocky Four just get re-released? Also, yeah, that's also true. Yeah. 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 
Uh, the Fighter is number two at 129.2 yeah. million. Southpaw at number three, 94 million. And Raging Bull made 23.4 million. That's what made me believe it's not adjusted for inflation. Oh, uh, Raging Bull only wild. made 23.4, but it could be a, you know, maybe wild. didn't do well in the theaters huh. and then was a cult classic. Which, uh, Grace, right. if you had to pick one of those movies to watch tonight, which of those uh, Maybe the, probably The Fighter. I think it's that's probably yeah. the most interesting. Yeah. Raging Bull. Who's, yeah, who's in Rocky? Who's in Rocky 4? What's, who's the bad guy? Uh, there's a, I've never seen it, but there's a Dolph, robot. Dolph in it. Wondren. It's Dolph Wundgren. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Last question here. Um, I need you to rank these movies for the number of Oscar nominations that they mm. received. Okay. So we have uh, The Blind Side, mm-hmm. Moneyball, Jerry mm-hmm. Maguire, and Million Dollar Baby. Million Dollar oh. Baby was nominated for Best Picture, Best Director. Best Supporting Actor for Morgan Freeman, Best Actress for Holly Swank, and think, Screenplay. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's Million Dollar Baby. I think Moneyball, that's highest. Yeah. yeah, I think Million Dollar Baby is the highest. Moneyball was nominated for a time as well, um, including Best Adapted Screenplay, as well as um, Brad Pitt, I believe, was nominated. Philip Seymour Hoffman may have been nominated for his role as... Yeah, I don't Art. remember. But it was up for best picture. What were the other? Yeah. Uh, the other? Uh, so Blindside, Moneyball, Jerry Maguire, Million Dollar Baby. I think Jerry Maguire is probably the lowest. Well, I don't know. Wasn't it nom- wasn't wasn't it nominated for best picture? Yeah, well and there were some acting nominations. Um, well they were, I think all of these were nominated for best picture. Blindside is horrible. I don't think the Blindside. I did not like the Blindside. Not it's good. Bad. Um, um, Sandra Bullock won, but I wonder if that was the only nomination that movie got. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I would put that lowest. I think I would yeah, go I blind too. if we're going lowest to highest, which I know we yeah. keep flipping our order. Uh, That's blind okay. side, uh, Jerry Maguire, yeah, Moneyball, Million Dollar Baby. Although I mean, might flip Moneyball and might flip Moneyball and Jerry Maguire. I, I think Moneyball is one that right. people came to after. I would say Moneyball is lower than Jerry Maguire. Okay, we can do final, that. Final answer. Yep. Yeah, let's do that. Oh, that's you fun. had it right the first time. Oh, oh always so trust Zachary. Yeah, that's yeah. okay. It's very close. Always the blind trust side, Fitzy. Yeah. yeah, the Blind Side had two nominations. Yeah. Moneyball, or sorry, uh, Jerry Maguire had five, whereas Moneyball yeah. had six. Million Dollar Baby had seven nominations. Yeah. Um, you did pretty well there. That's uh, again, uh, as soon as you get one wrong, you have two wrongs. Right, so. yeah, exactly. uh, well, yeah. yeah, so uh, yeah. I feel like getting half of them right. I think uh, is you correct. could make this game um, where you say you have two wrong and then give us right. another chance to it rearrange chance for to half credit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, All right. We probably screwed up, but you never know. Well, you, when the yeah. two of you return, uh, for, the reason why we did this game, uh, uh, I'm covering winning time over on post show recaps, uh, a, uh, a TV show based on uh, a sport, a real life sporting event at the Los Angeles Lakers in the 1980s. Two of you have your movie ladder podcast. So I thought it was uh, a fitting week to play uh, this game all about uh, sports movies and TV. Uh, thank you both for coming on. Um, why don't you tell yeah, us about the mo- tell us about the movie ladder podcast? All right. Uh, well, so the movie ladder podcast is a weekly podcast that Brendan and I do every week. We talk about a movie that connects to the movie we did the previous week. Uh, we were in our third year. We've done one hundred and what fifteen episodes, I think. Yeah, this will be uh, our one hundred and fifteenth episode. Yes. Out. So, and the movies connect in any kind of way. We've done like uh, you know, the same actors in two movies, or the same writer, or the same topic area. Even um, we did earlier this season. Uh, we did a whole bunch of movies that included the something about the Beatles. We did yesterday and um, across the universe. And across yeah, the universe I mean, we, well. we, we love having guests on, especially uh, when Grace 
Just ask you Grace's with uh, Grace's presence. I, I was on, on for yeah. the 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 way back, I believe, yep. and the yep. week before you did the way way back, which is the yep. Ben Affleck basketball movie. So I feel like uh, flip them. Flip uh, them. So way, the way, way back, back yeah. is the Ben Affleck movie. The way way back, yes, is the, yep. Uh, yep. theme park movie. Yeah. You, yeah. you get one wrong, you get you get both. Wrong. Yeah, you get two wrong. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and then you were right. just on recently, yeah. weren't you? Yeah, I was on for uh, once. Once uh, as well, yes. Yeah, which was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah, and this week, uh, Brennan and I did uh, Streetcar Named Desire, which oh, is a uh, a play turned movie written by Tennessee Williams. Takes place in New Orleans. Very dramatic, very heavy. Um, but yeah, we we do episodes every week. Uh, you can find us on Anchor and all pl- podcast platforms. The Movie Ladder, where we we share on our social media as well. And next week, uh, we are not yet announcing what the movie is, but we always at the end of the episode take suggestions from the listeners, and then Brendan and I mm-hmm. decide on a movie for next week that somehow connects. So next week will be a movie that somehow connects to uh, to uh, what's Street Street name? Street 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 yeah. Yes, I already yeah. forgot it. Yes, uh, <laughs> and uh, we will be talking. So if you listen to that podcast, you'll find out what movie it is. Or on Fridays, we announce that one. Amazing. Fitzy, where can people find you on the internet if they want to yeah, follow you what you're doing? Me, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Fitzy Brennan or on Instagram at Brent Fitzpatrick11 or at Letterbox at Fitzy Brennan as well. Um, love plugging my Letterbox. Um, it's probably my favorite uh, movie catalog site out yes, there. Yes, it's the uh, best. If you're a movie fan, you got to get on Letterboxd. Yeah. So. Okay. Zach, what about you? Yeah, I'm at Brooks ZA on all platforms. I'm like Brendan. I keep consistency amongst all of my usernames. And uh, yeah, I'm also on Letterboxd and Twitter's really the only other platform I use. Uh, but yeah, as people are making their picks or watching the conference tournament, l- let me know what you're watching. Let me know if I yeah. didn't talk about your yeah. team and you're like, hey, uh, Providence is Providence is actually very good. They're also very lucky this year. Uh, but if you're like, hey, I'm a Providence fan and you didn't talk about us at all. Uh, tell me why I should be picking yeah. you guys in March Madness because I need bracket picks. I also need picks for gambling. So yeah, send me that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, uh, on uh, Twitter. I am on Twitter at Hi from Grace, doing lots of stuff, uh, mostly over on post show recaps, uh, covering uh, winning time, raised by wolves, uh, our flag means death. Uh, yeah, and uh, more to come. Uh, movie coverage every week over on post show recaps theater as well. Um, so thanks for joining us on our, you know, the newly launched uh, sports show here, and we will be back uh, next week. Until then, the podcast is over. Mm-hmm.